God wants us, wants each and every one of us this morning here to walk across the room, to be walk across the room people. Because you see, walk across the room people are typically the ones who get to be used by God to point people who are far, far from God to faith. You see, last week, if you were here, you heard Thomas share with us as we began the walk, Just Walk Across the Room series. He shared with you the single greatest gift we can give to the people in our lives, to the people we come in contact with. And the single greatest gift is the greatest blessing. It is the blessing of the introduction to the God who created them, who loves them, and who has a purpose. Listen to that. Who has a purpose for their lives. And this is what evangelism is. Evangelism. It is seizing opportunities to have, and listen to this, eternal, eternal impact in someone's life. Opportunities, doors of opportunities that begin with a simple walk across the room. And how many of you recognize this drawing on the board? Last week, wasn't it? Three points was shared, and it talked about one of them. And let's just recap quickly what happened last week. It is that, one, we need to be willing to enter the zone of the unknown. That's where that X mark is, the outside of the circle of comfort. It is stepping out voluntarily, removing yourself from that circle and engage with someone who might need a touch from God. And secondly, listen. We need to listen from the Spirit's promptings. Choosing to rely on the Holy Spirit instead of relying on our own. And lastly, I believe it was just for us to just walk. Just walk. Remembering who took the biggest step of all. The biggest walk. Jesus took a long walk across the cosmos. You see, church, we are people who are to be on mission. And Jesus' mission is, and you probably have heard of this and you've seen it in Luke 19.10, and it tells us, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that is Jesus' mission. And it is to be our mission as well, to seek out those who are lost and need Jesus. So what happens? So what happens right after you decide to just walk across the room? So in other words, what should you and I be thinking? What should you and I be praying about? What should you and I be talking about while we're in that zone of the unknown. Because you see, if you're anything like me, agreeing to walk is one thing. But knowing what to do once you've reached your destination, the person standing across from you is quite another. 
So this week together as a church, we're going to continue learning what it is to just walk across the room. And it is about living in 3D. And you were given this morning a pink or blue 3D glasses. If you could take them out, please. I'm going to kind of have you put it on, kind of make you look so cool. And everyone looks red. Go for it. Don't worry, you're not the only one that looks silly. All right? Cool, cool, cool. All right, you can take them off just to kind of get that feel. Because we're going to be talking about living in 3D. Each of us living in 3D in the zone. We are going to live in the zone of the unknown. The circle of comfort is too comfortable and we don't need this. We need this in the zone of the unknown. To see, we need to see everything the way God sees it. Not the way we see it. That's easy. So this morning, we're going to be looking at three methods of how we can live 3D lives. And it's simple. They all start with D. First is that, you see, walk across the room people are those who live life in 3D. And they first... They need to constantly develop ways to build relationships. That's the first D, develop friendships. Can you say develop friendships? You see, if we're going to reflect God's heart as individuals, as a church, then we must be in continuous search mode. I wish we had a button that we can just press and say, I'm in a search mode right now. We need to be aware of what's happening around us. We've got to make a habit of searching for new friendships. That is the heart of a true Christ follower. You see, when you operate in this search mode, you're watching for ways to connect with people, looking for friendships in the making. So when you're Operating in the zone of the unknown, imagine that. Will you extend a hand of friendship? When you're, when you're in that zone, will you open a wide arms of acceptance? Well, church, almost all of us find it easy to love some people. We love our spouse. We love our children, our parents, our friends at work, our friends at church. We see them. Initially, what comes up, we love them. We want to bless them. We crave time for them. But you know what? It's true. Almost every human being has this loving heart towards some people. But here's what may not be so easy for us to admit. While almost every human being has a loving heart, there's also that secret list that we all have. A secret list of those people that we can't stand. We can't stand them, so we have this list. And that's, maybe some of you have had a business and your partner just took everything and everything fell apart. How about some of you close to home? Personally, your spouse walked out on you. It might be someone who wounded you with harsh words. How about trusting someone you... You pour out your whole life, everything about you, and that person just hurt you the more. 
You see, you might have reasons, really good reasons for not liking a certain number of people. But you know what? It even gets more complex than that. Some of us don't like an entire group of people. We don't like to talk about it often, do we? Especially in mixed company. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? But it remains true, church. Many of us have a list. Do you have a list? You don't need to tell me. Many of us have a list. On that list are people we wish we could just put them in a boat and permanently let them go out to sea. We wish we could do that. But imagine this. Imagine this. If someone asked you to love someone outside your comfort, the circle of comfort, and all of a sudden, what do we do? Excuses, excuses comes up. Excuses. Well, they're asking me to love someone. All right, well, they better be nice. They better, they better be safe. They better be stable and no issues. They better be deserving. How many of us can relate to that? Because you see, I am not alone here. I am not alone, and you are not alone. We all have qualifiers. And do you know what I call qualifiers? I call them the better bees. Hear this out. They better be young. They better be older. They better be rich. They better have a nice house. They better have a good job. They better be popular. How about this? They better be a Democrat. Or they better be a Republican. They better be this and they better be that. That's our qualifiers. But you know, in the scripture, if you have your Bibles with you, if you could turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. I want to encourage you to read that whole passage of scripture this week. You see, Jesus is seen in public, sitting, having a simple conversation with people who are, and listen, irreligious. People who made lots of mistakes. People who, who used terrible language. People drank too much cheated on other people of their money. And the list goes on and on. And here Jesus is interacting with them. He is listening. He is talking. He is just enjoying a fellowship with them. But as you continue in this story, you will find that there are religious leaders. There are scribes and Pharisees who knows the word of God. You see, they become a little irritated at what they're seeing. Actually, they think the whole thing is scandalous because Jesus is interacting with the exact people, and listen, who are on their list. These are the people that the scribes and the Pharisees hated and did not like. And Jesus, of all people, is hanging out with them. Can you imagine that? They couldn't understand why Jesus... We're with them. We're with the ungodly. You see, soon enough, Jesus hears this grumbling about what was going on. And so he sees their hearts. And, and he springs into action. And he tells them three famous stories in Scripture. One right after another. The first one is about the lost sheep. The second one is about the lost coin. And the third is about that rebellious boy, the rebellious son. 
And he starts, you see, with this big number of scale. And he goes down to the, narrows it down to the ten coins and then to one. You know the story. There are a hundred sheep and one dumb sheep wanders off and gets itself lost. There were ten coins and one is misplaced. And there's a boy and there's a son who wants his inheritance from his father early. You see, at their society at this time, it was like saying to his father, you're good as dead, dad, so I want my inheritance now. He does get his inheritance, and he spends it all. Three very interesting stories. And each of these stories, something wound up missing. Missing sheep, missing coin, missing son. So church, what does it all mean? Could it mean that Jesus was saying that his father, that our God is a, is a father that is loving, a heart that is full of love? Well, guess what? Jesus was saying this to the scribes and the Pharisees, that the irreligious, immoral, ungodly individuals, as he was talking to, actually mattered. They mattered to God. You see, they were, not on, they were not on his hate list because our God does not hate. Our God loves. So he has a love list. A love list. The love of the Father is so much, with so much love in another kind. It is a love that is higher. It is a love that is broader. It is a love that is wider. A love that for every man and every woman and every child that has breathed air on this planet is the object of his great love and affection. And if you are a child of God this morning, do you know what love, what that love is like? Can I hear an amen? amen. Well, you know what? We have to get past of what's typical in many of our attitudes. It's an attitude check. You see, this awful filter, disqualifiers, says, unless you pass my list, unless you meet my standards, then I'll come and reach out to you. If not, I'm not going to go out there and even talk to you. Developing friendships means acting on an attitude, a heart attitude that says, I'm open to you. Whoever you are, whatever you've been, whatever you've done, I'm going to open and create and accept you and let's do this journey together, caring about you. Church, that's where it all begins. Developing friendships. Developing friendships completely. Accepting whoever is standing across the room, no matter what. Developing friendship. That's the first D in living a 3D life. Let's continue. See, walk across the room people are people who live life in 3D, constantly watching for ways to develop friendships in order to do the next D, discover stories. These are methods of how we can walk across the room. It is listening to other people in a safe way and draws out their story. Let me tell you a story that happened about a year ago. 
You know, normally it was a normal day here at the Croc Center. Programs were going on and events. And I was on my way to the, the classrooms right out there. And as I was walking, of course, as many of you see me, I'm just like zooming right to, to the classrooms. And I noticed a woman sitting in one of the chairs in the courtyard. And I tell you, talk about the nudging of the spirit. The spirit was saying to me, Debbie, you got to stop and see that woman that you just saw. But I'm like, no, I need to get to class. I need to get to the kids' program. And so there was this pull and tug. Have you ever had that? To where you're pulled, should I do this? Should I do that? I need to. But you know what? I gave in. I said, I'm just going to go and see that woman. I went up to her and I introduced myself. And I knew there, there's something that wasn't right. As I got there, are you okay? Can I help you? And she just started crying. She started crying. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And so I just there, I sat next to her. And she started to tell me his story. A story that says, she says, I just lost my job today. I just lost my job. And I do not know how I'm going to tell my husband. And how I'm going to tell my family about losing this job. And so she started crying and she started falling apart. And one thing as she started talking and I listened and I, I just wanted to find out how did she end up to the Croc Center? Guess what? She was not a Croc member. She was not a church member. Somehow she needed to get away and kind of clear through her mind and how to go about doing this and how telling her husband and, it, and make it worse, her relationship with her husband is not well either. Their marriage is falling apart. Can you imagine that? And so she's talking and I found out that she was driving around looking for a place to just cool her mind, sort through things, and she ended up here at the Crocs Center. My heart just broke. I said, God, this has to be you. So we ended up talking. And at that moment, I tell you, it was a chicken skin moment for me to see how God works. We talked for hours. We, we shed tears. And no Kleenex or anything around with me. We ended up in the prayer room. There was a Kleenex. And there we prayed. And there we talked about Jesus of his love, and in spite of what she's going through, that we have a God who loves her. So church, I just wonder, have you ever had a situation like this unfold in your interaction with people? Have you ever taken a chance to find out someone's story and absolutely floored by the doors that open? I find that when I let the Holy Spirit lead When I just stay focused on building trust and listening, God opens awesome doors of opportunity and he swings it wide open. Discovering stories means we need to listen in such a way that we hear what the heart of the other person's story is. So let me encourage you this morning, as you build your friendship, as you build, allow God to work in those conversations, stories that will you never know. It may bring just one prayer away from knowing God in their lives. Be the one person in their world who takes a sincere interest in their story. It's not easy, 
but it's possible, church. So that leads us to our third D this morning. And that is, as we walk across the room, people, as we are that kind of people, we need to live life in 3D, and we need to constantly look for ways to develop friendships, discover stories, and lastly, discern appropriate next steps. Next steps. Once you've taken risks across the room and, and stick out your hand of friendship and finding out about their stories, the best thing is to ask the nudging, to ask the, the help of the Holy Spirit. Because you see, during those moments of conversation, you need to be asking for guidance, for insight, for wisdom, and creative ideas. Those are what we call the next steps. Next steps. You see, you take a walk. You don't stay there. You take the next step. And this is what it's all. What is the next step? And I did not realize, remember that lady, the woman that I met? And I did not realize that we, we were taking steps together. I took a step in our conversation. We, we prayed together. We, we, we cried together, allowing them to express themselves. We read scriptures. I even gave her a book not realizing that book was very special to her. So taking the next step with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, church, you were given a piece of note that looks like this. Do you have it? If you could take it out, please. What I'd like for us to do, just in a few moments, I'd like us to make this be a... What is it for me? What can I do? What, how can I? A takeaway for us this morning is this. The next steps that took someone to help you become the person that you are today. The steps that draw you to the understanding of God's grace. Steps that help you grow to lead your life the way God has lead you. What steps has someone taken for you? If you could write it down could be someone prayed for me. Someone gave me a call. I know someone told me the other day, someone gave them, uh, this is way back in many, many years ago, someone gave them a dollar. So that person bought a book, inspirational book. That dollar was a next step. Someone cooked you a meal. That really touched your heart, knew that someone cared for you. So if you could please write them down. I'm not going to take them. They're for you to keep really mattered to you? What really mattered to you? Write it down. As I close this morning, I'd like to tell you the, a, a story. I would like to end with a story in Mark 3. And if you could put, turn your Bibles to Mark 3, this is about a man with a weathered hand, a crippled man. His hands was all not there. But see, Jesus in Mark 3, 5 tells, he looked them in the eye. And Jesus is talking to the, these leaders, religious leaders, one after another, angry, furious at their hard-nosed religion. He said to the man, hold out your hand. And he held it out. And it was good as new. You see, Jesus was confronted. Many times he's confronted by this religious leader and trying to trap him. It's, so it, they wanted to see if he would do something forbidden. 
on during Sabbath, and healing was considered work, and it was forbidden. So these leaders wanted to trap him, and they used a man. They used a crippled man to bait the trap. They are not concerned about this man. They just wanted to see what would Jesus do. But of course, we, knew, we know what Jesus does. He heals the man in spite of what the religious leaders were, were doing. He was very concerned about the man with a weathered hand, with a crippled man. He, he didn't care about all the politics. He didn't care about all of that. His purpose was to heal him. You see, our God can't not heal because his cause is healing people. His cause is healing people. And if there's anything today that I leave with you is that each of us have a profound privilege of reaching people around you with the same love and acceptance that Jesus had. So this morning, if you are done writing, I'd like you to, could you please... um, Just do this for me. Raise it up. If you have your card with you, if you could raise it. You've written something on it. Just raise it up. If you could all, if you have it, please raise. Because I want you, I want to show you a point here. Raise it up. Keep raising it up. And look around, church. Look around. Because as as you're raising, I stand in front of all the pieces of evidence of Christ's love. In this room, each of these notes, each of these cards represent acceptance and love that draw you to God. You can have it down. A lot of cards out there. That means someone took the time to step and did something, did the next step for you to draw closer to God. In our day to day lives, there are many people out there with weather parts, they have weathered crippled hearts. They've got weathered dreams, broken dreams, broken hopes. And I just wonder, perhaps God will use you this week to heal a few of those weathered parts of other people. A new week is about to unfold, whether you like it or not. A new week is about to unfold in your life and mine. And all new weeks, we can choose to invest in the things that glorify or satisfy us, or we can choose to invest in things that glorify and satisfy God. So here's my challenge to you this morning as we end. We will never be an expert, but certainly with God's help, we have a loving God who will allow us to learn and grow. And you know what? Take your 3D glasses. I'm going to challenge you to use this as a reminder. To use this as a reminder because our God allows us to create steps along the way in order for us to draw people closer to him. So as you put these glasses on, I'm going to ask you to put it on again. Because you see, what does 3D glasses do? When you put it on, there should be something that should come jump right at you, right? Right now, I can't jump right at you. That would not be a deal thing. But listen, keep it on. 3D glasses are meant to have something jump at you, real. 
that sometimes when you're in the movies, you're like this and fighting it. But in our spiritual walk, church, we look around. Do you see 3D people living, developing relationships, discovering stories, and discerning the spirit? Well, you know what? If you're not seeing it, then no one's living a 3D life. But guess what? If you're wearing it, other people are watching you too as well. Look at the person next to you. That should remind us that they're looking at you as well. So this week and the days to come, I want you to be reminded. This is a reminder. Please don't walk around in there. You might trip over. Okay? Be reminded that our God wants us to live a 3D life. And that's what walking across the room is like. We need to live life. We can't expect others to live it if we're not living it. It starts with us. It starts with us. So developing friendships, discovering stories, and discerning steps, methods. Church, there are methods, ways we can live a life in 3D.